episode 107, Picking a Fee for Cash PT and Staff Onboarding. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Schultzclair, and today we're Dr. Aaron LaBauer Perspective. Join 2017 and 2018 Podcast Awards nominated host as we get a behind the curtain look at all types of doctors and guest specialties. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. We are in the middle of a cash physical therapy mini series. Last week, we had Dr. E on talking about his products and also a little bit about location and marketing and, of course, the manual therapy. This week is Dr. Aaron LeBauer, and we're going to talk more about picking a fee, what goes into it, can you charge too much? And then next week, we Dr. Joe. He is going to discuss a little bit more of the coaching aspect, the logistics, and also a little internal marketing. So the three different people, they all do slightly different things with their cash practice. So I think you're really going to learn a lot, hopefully inspire you, maybe break free from the insurance model. Now, Dr. Aaron, you can check the show notes, open it up in your app or on the website. There's a link for five questions you need to ask patients to get them to pay cash for physical therapy. It's labauerconsulting.com slash five dash questions dash Justin. But like I said, just go to the go to the site and you can click it. But it'll be a free download to accompany all the stuff that we're talking about today. And what we're going to do is like I kind of alluded to is discuss like how do you figure out what fee you should charge? What's too much? What's the underlying issue if uh, you're not able to handle that? Training your staff who should quote, close the deal. We look at the pluses and minuses for mobile physical therapy versus working out of a gym. Uh, Should you work in a chiropractic office or physical therapy office if you're just going to rent space? And then, of course, he has a second doctor that works with him. He also has like a residency program that he he deals with. So we're going to talk about onboarding staff, new doctors, and answer those questions like, do you want a carbon copy of yourself? Uh, Do you need to be worried that patients are going to not see that person because they're not you? And he also goes through a seminar that he really thinks changed the way he practices and recommends most people would take. So get your OneNote or your Evernote ready. You're definitely going to want to pause this thing and take some notes. I'm excited. I learned a lot the first time and while editing. So I was excited about that. All the show notes can be found at a doctor's perspective slash 107. Let's go. Hashtag behind the curtain. Live from China in Greensboro, North Carolina, today on the podcast, we're following up again. We have a cash practice big deal over here today. He's got his own podcast that I listen to it. It's really, really good. If you're into like learning behind the scenes on physical therapy, want to do cash practice yourself, whether you're chiropractor, physical therapist, whatever. And uh, he also is a coach with his own consulting firm to help you obviously succeed in this because it's kind of the Wild West and you got to like figure it out. So please welcome to the guest, Dr. Aaron LaBauer. Hey, Justin, thank you for having me. Um, it's, it's just an honor to be on your show. Well, I appreciate that. Because I do, I do listen to your show and, and you got a lot of episodes and, you know, as a chiropractor, it's kind of funny to hear physical therapists and you're like, oh my goodness, we're going to, we're going to do all cash and, and we're going to get out of the insurance. And, and, and I forget, I'm like, that's all we can do. Like we don't have any other options. We have to be like, you know, a lone wolf out here. So it's really fun for me to like to hear the other side. And then after that, I'm like, okay, there's so many good things that y'all are doing that we can implement for ourselves. And, you know, this is way beyond just chiropractic of a chiropractor podcast here. But um, that's kind of where I come from when I listen to it. And that makes me excited. So I think there's gonna be a lot of people that are going to get some good information from you. So I know at this point, you've been doing this for a long time. You're 100% cash. And Mm -hmm. if I'm mistaken, you have several doctors kind of working underneath you now. Yeah, I've got a, uh, right now I've got one and then I'm looking for a second. Right now. Okay. So, yeah. so one of the things I'd like to chat about is just just the basic story, real quick, of like why you ended up going to cash versus going into insurances and in the mm-hmm. medical referral route and all of that, and then starting the consulting and stuff, and then from there we'll just kind of blossom and see how this thing goes. Okay. Um, how much? Like, do you want the five minute version? <laughs> I got like the I got the two hour version oh. too. Uh, <laughs> go with the five and yeah, yeah. Right. We'll start there. So. I, um, let's see, I started out my, well, I've had multiple, kind of multiple careers, but I started out my, my trajectory when I became a massage therapist uh, about 20 years ago. And then I got to a point in massage therapy where I wasn't really limited in what I was doing. I was limited in my ability to help patients recover and heal from injuries um, because that's not in massage therapy. It's a kind of a wellness service. You're, you're not truly trained to you know predict how long is this going to take and 
what do we need to do next? But I was seeing a lot of people who'd been let down by the system, been to chiropractors, PTs, um, surgeons, massage, et cetera, and helping them. But I kind of was coming up to this limit. And so I went back to PT school and became a physical therapist. And uh, my first clinical rotation, I had a day where I saw 43 patients one day. Whoa. And what that looks like in physical therapy is I'm doing manual therapy on one person, talking to someone across the room, trying to guide them on their exercises. And then every 30 minutes, two new people walk in the door. And 43 people meant that I was there till nine o'clock that night. We had a basketball team came in, walked in the door at like 6.45 as I was getting ready to leave and added another 10 people and we stayed another two hours. And it was just, I was just like, that was the day. I was just like sitting there with a pile of notes. I was like, I'm not doing this as a career. You know, this is crazy because I came from a career of seeing people one-on-one -on -one for an hour and making $85 for the visit, um, doing massage. And I was like, I'm not going to go to the hospital and earn 38 to $45 an hour. And they're not going to let me treat the way I want to treat. So that's why, that's the short version of why I decided that I had to do something else different, do it on my own and do it without insurance because insurance dictates how we uh, treat patients because especially at the time there was, I think United Healthcare was like, hey, we'll pay you $42 no matter what you do. No matter how long you treat, it's just 42 bucks. And, like, and so in order to cover the costs, I have to see a whole bunch of people. And that's not how I wanted to treat patients. And I know that some people get better in that way, but the patients that I was used to seeing that wanted to spend time with, that's not how I wanted it to go. And I didn't want that conflict of interest between deciding what my patient needs and what insurance is going to pay me to do. And I think you had a guest on the other day. She was saying it was like $1,000 almost a visit in a hospital setting. Of course, they never get paid that. But if your right. insurance didn't pay it, all of a sudden, they could try to stick you with that kind of bill. And you're like, there's nobody on this earth that would pay a thousand. Well, maybe they would a thousand dollars per hour for physical therapy. Right. That that's a bit much, right? Especially the way they end up doing it. You know, where you get like 15 minutes. So they, these were there were multiple instances in multiple hospitals where it's like the people are being charged anywhere from three fifty to six hundred dollars for a 15 minute unit, and that's how you end up with you know thousand dollars and they. They have a twenty, whether it's a twenty-five hundred or a seven thousand dollar deductible. You got to pay that first, you know, yeah. a couple thousand bucks. And we're charging, um, we're not charging, we're charging less than that. And my fees aren't based on that, but it's it makes financial sense to pay this. That's the wrong conversation to have with a patient, uh, you know, to get them to come into our business. And that kind of leads me to two main topics everyone's going to have. All right, you're mm -hmm. not in insurance. You're in a realm of, of healthcare that usually that's definitely the first question. Medical doctors right. might only refer to somebody that is in their network. So if you're direct marketing, which is I assume that's what you're doing, direct marketing to public, uh, and we can talk mm -hmm. about that later too. You got to always ask that answer that question. Do you take my insurance? And then, and I charge maybe $200 an hour for the service. Mm -hmm. How do you handle that? I'm assuming that's something you have to handle and, and what's a good way to do that? Yeah, the best way... To do this, so there's, there's two things that are happening when someone asks you to take my insurance. Number one, they're used to that being the primary topic of the conversation when they call a medical provider. Um, for instance, you know, when I go, if I go see my primary care physician, you know, when I call in or show up at the desk, the first two questions they ask me are what's your date of birth and what's your insurance? They don't ask me what my name is. They don't ask me what's going on. It's just insurance is the, is the primary focus. Mm -hmm. So people call and they call, okay. Well, this is the question I have to ask. You know, when I say, how can I help you? <laughs> you know, they're like, well, aren't you going to ask about my insurance? So basically, well, do you take my insurance? So there, that's one problem. Um, that's not something I can help. Um, maybe we can change. But there, that's the problem. Why? One of the reasons I think it's the first thing asked. Um, the other thing to do is when someone asks, well, do you take my insurance? Well, first thing we'll do is say, well, you know, ask who's calling or you know, my name's Dr. LeBauer, or, you know, Amber, my name's Amber, you know, mask is speaking. Okay, and then we sort of redirect, well, what are you calling about? What's going on? How long has this been a problem? We start asking questions to figure out, well, what is going on? Because at the end of the day, whether we take your insurance or not, it doesn't matter if I can't help you. So why do I need to, you know, like really it's like, does it matter if I take your insurance if you, you know, fractured your arm? 
no, because you shouldn't be coming here right now. You should be, you know, you just you should be going to the ER or urgent care and you know get an X-ray for a, a fracture or you're bleeding. But the the other part of that is when someone asks, we're going to kind of acknowledge it and redirect. It's like any objection, it's acknowledge the objection and redirect. So it's like, Mr. Jones, that's a great question. Before we get to that, is it okay if I ask you a few other questions to find out what's going on and see if we can help you? And we'll just kind of redirect and ask these other questions. And by the time we build enough value, whether we take your insurance or not, it usually isn't an issue for people. So you train your staff or whoever answers the phone to pretty much have a consultation and all over the phone. So that way they already mm-hmm. know, like, I sprained my ankle. All right. What's that problem? It hurts to walk. Well, no, I'm training for a 5K and it's in two weeks. And now right. sprained my ankle. Oh, okay. Well, now we got to the root of the problem of why you're calling. Yeah. It's like, why are you calling now versus six weeks? You know, versus six weeks ago. Well, I've got a, I've got a five k to run next weekend, and I'm nervous this thing hasn't gone away. Okay, yeah, we can take care of that. You know, that's the motivation. Yeah, the the worst thing that we hear, well, not the worst thing that we hear, but the thing that we hear the most that we can't. It's not that we can't solve it, but it's it usually goes like, my doctor told me I need the physical therapy. <laughs> This is like really like someone said this a few weeks ago. I need the physical therapy, and I have a prescription for three days a week. You know, six. You know, do I need? You know, do you take my insurance? Well, it's it's not the insurance isn't the problem. It's the it's the setup of the call. The fact that this person's calling us because the and my wife used this term and it was great. The locus of control is in the referring physician's hand or provider's hand. It's not in the patient's hand. Mm-hmm. So the patient's like, well. You mean you have to evaluate again? My doctor, and I'll use air quotes, yeah. my doctor told me I need, okay, great. Well, we're not the, the way that we operate, like we're going to evaluate you and that this may not be the right um, place. Those are the hardest people to convert because they're not here for themselves. They're here because someone else told them they need the physical therapy. And if they've been before, they're just like, well... They put some ice packs on me. Somebody stretched me. They showed me uh, some ball exercise maybe. And that's kind of like, yeah. well, that's physical therapy. You're like, well, it's a type of physical therapy, but it's not right. my type. Right, right. You got it. And it, and so having conversations with those those um, people, it's not those people, I don't say those people, people who call with this as the reason, it's like, well, why do you need to know all this information from me? Because, you know, so-and-so already told me this is what I need. You know, and I, you know, and they find no value in what we do. Be, you know, they just are looking for the cheapest way to get the commodity or the. Yeah. Aaron, I mean, quote, Dr. Aaron, I think the my main doctor knows I have a rotator cuff issue. He just needs you to do something yeah. for it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So sad. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's a technical, they're just calling us for the technical skill rather than for our um, decision making process. Right. And I don't know quite the questions yet to ask if you're, you know, it's for a chiropractor. You know, we, we have our own wheelhouse. Y'all have y'all wheelhouse. Someone like yourself, are you more mm-hmm. manually therapy trained? Maybe you do some spinal manips as well. You're looking for like other doctors to refer to you. What are some of the questions that we could ask? Obviously, we can't all go to you to find a competent physical therapist who's going to help with real sports injuries or real just injuries in general that they're going to get the best care you think right so are you saying like how could a chiropractor ask a physical therapist the right questions to figure out is this the right kind of person to help my patients exactly okay so like so what we do here in our clinic we do a lot of soft tissue work Mm -hmm. we do some we do some spinal manipulation we do some uh um, peripheral joint manipulation Um, we do corrective exercises but the main thing is is we look at our patients and in, in the way that I practice and I, I train my residents and the um, other uh, physical therapists can work for me is we're looking through the whole body to see is it a joint restriction, is it a soft tissue restriction, or is it a motor control problem? And so I'm looking at not just, okay, you've got shoulder pain. Okay, let's just treat your shoulder. It's like I need, I know I need to look at your thoracic spine and your C-spine and I also want to see how you squat and your ankles move and and your hips move because it depends on the activity you're having. You got shoulder pain, but if you're you have it because you're doing an overhead squat or you have it because you're lifting your kids up off the ground and you can't squat all the way down and that's how you're lifting you know you're lifting them up and compensating. I need to know all those things. So I would look for someone when I look for okay, what's another physical therapist I want to look for? 
I'm looking for someone who's trained in a way that they're looking at the whole body, that they're using a combination of manual therapies, um, exercise, as well as, um, I want to call it uh, patient empowerment, where yeah. I'm not just, you know, all, PT doesn't happen only when I'm watching you. <laughs> PT happens when I see you and I teach you what to do at home and you go home and do it. And it's more than just exercises that someone could do at the gym. It's, um, but they're not exercises that are so complicated that patients can't reproduce them themselves. Does that yeah, make sense? Absolutely. You know, so it's people come in and they're like, well, I was just, they, I went to PT somewhere else and they just had me do an exercise I could do at the gym, like riding a bike, doing something else. And we're doing things like, I tried the complicated exercises I was taught in PT school and people can't remember them. No. So I've kind of come to a point where it's like, okay, I need one or two things for people to do that is, that they don't have to consciously try to activate a certain muscle, but it's going to give me the result I want. It's going to get them moving in a way that gets them feeling confident in their body. Sometimes it's like global motions. Yeah. You know, or it might even just be like a half kneeling. um, You're in half kneeling and you're doing a lift from the ground with a band around your knees. And now I don't have to think about stabilizing the bands, forcing me to, not forcing me, you know, getting my body to stabilize without uh, thinking about it. Very good. So can I add can I add an input to your body where it gets your body doing the movement I want without you having to think too hard about it? That's really that's what it boils down to for me. And so when I'm looking for other PTs, it's like, okay, how much time are you gonna spend with my patient? What are you gonna do with them? Are you gonna look at their whole body? Are we gonna get some hands-on care and some kind of corrective exercise? And even someone who's got and I don't know how to always find this, but it's I wanna say like a modern outlook on pain. Uh-huh. Um, whereas the pain isn't always the problem of, you know, the tissue injury, but there's a global reason why someone's in pain, um, yeah. or multiple factors, not just blaming it on one thing that we can't fix ourselves. Um, and then, you know, cause that's what I see a lot of patients that are having trouble with. They've been told they have a herniated disc. They're like, yeah, I was told I had a herniated disc 20 years ago and I'm still walking around feeling like I've got a herniated disc problem and hey. no one can help me. And it's just like, okay. Like that doesn't have to be your problem for 22 years. They become the diagnosis, and it's because someone has has used words well-meaning that you know just kind of like sticks with them. Yeah, I hate it when they do that. You see them, and you're like, well, you're probably gonna get well at that point. 20 years, it's sometimes it's hard to get them better, but less than that, you're like, I probably still get you better if you want to get better. If your mindset right. wants to change a little bit, that would help. Do you find that, you know, especially like chiropractic, you know, if you adjust the uh, the neck and you're like, yeah, but, you know, there's something going on like in your hip and it's kind of causing you to always do this and that and then that's why your neck hurts. Oh, man, you really got to start documenting quite good because, you know, the insurance is like, well, they came in with this problem. Now you're adjusting in the low back or a knee or something. Like, come on, man. Mm-hmm. It don't even make sense. Do y'all have yeah. that same type of issue with? Uh, oh, I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So is that you know, a good reason to go cash uh, then insurance too? Insurance doesn't – I, I don't. I mean, yes. There, see, here's the thing. Is that some people have the issue, but they – it's not even about documentation. It's like they can't – it's – well, it's like – it's like yes, it's not even – I wouldn't call it justifying, but yes, people don't say, look, I did this evaluation, I did this exam, and I can see that this isn't moving well. And, and the way that they document – doesn't allow them to get reimbursed for it or they think it's a problem and it's more of a mindset issue. Mm. Um, I mean, I could justify a lot of things and I don't have that problem because patients pay us directly and whether they get reimbursed or not is not up to me. And yeah. that's why I do it this way because I don't want pressure to have to document a certain way or do certain things just to get paid. Do you still send them a, a super bill? That way if they wanted to submit out of network, they could do that? We do. Absolutely. Okay. And at that point, they're less stringent on, on your notes when the patient's mm-hmm. trying to get reimbursed. I mean, the only reason we get asked for notes um, in the last few years is if someone needs it for a personal injury or a motor vehicle okay. you know, thing. Oh, you don't you take know. assignment for that either? Okay. And we'll give the notes directly to the patients. The insurance companies, I haven't had an insurance company ask us for notes in three or four years. Okay. When I first got started, they did. And I, I generally think it's because they just want to prove that we actually saw the patient and we're not just a pop-up scam. Ah, uh, yeah. that's fair on their yeah. end if they're still paying somebody. Right. When you're looking at rates, 
I don't know any cash practice that's doing $55 an hour, you know, $60 an hour. Is there a, a formula or a way to tell you like, well, I'm in Denver. Well, you're in Greensboro. Well, I'm in a small town 30 minutes from Greensboro. So, you know, maybe 10,000 people. Is there some way to figure out the rate that would they could pay? They think, you know, people, you need people, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's like you can overprice it to where you can't get people in sometimes. Right. You can, oh, well, I would say you're not over, I would say, yes, there, there is a formula that you can use that for general guidelines and you can't overprice it. Okay. You can undervalue it. Ooh. Okay. So if someone, if someone thinks it's too expensive, they don't understand the value of what you can do and we've done a bad job of explaining it. And so here's, I mean, you have to look at, okay, what's the maximum number of patients I could physically treat every week without feeling burnt out? Mm. So for me, it's about 25 people uh, for 45 minutes. Like, I don't want to see, you know, when I'm seeing 26, 28 people a week with the type of work that I'm doing and the amount of energy it takes um, physically and emotionally, et cetera, it's like 26 is just like one too many. So I got to look at, okay, how much am I charging and what are my expenses and can I have a comfortable life doing that? Ah. Okay, but that's not enough. That's like the bottom. That's the bottom number, like absolute minimum. Like you can't go out and charge. That might be what you start with. I wouldn't even start there. <laughs> I would look at oh, okay, that and okay. go. Sometimes you got to gain that confidence. Like right. people will pay you. You are worth it. Yes, you are. And you can get, you can generate $100,000 on nine patients a week. Hmm. So you only need to see nine treatments a week. To earn it, earn six figures or, gen, or or gross six figures. But here's the thing: this is why I say it's about the value. It's okay. So I was just working with my co- one of my coaching clients yesterday. We had a we had an all day VIP day. Work on our business, and the thing she starts out with is okay. Here's the patient I treated. Yeah, you know, like it's like she's just like oh, this is why I'm doing it. I just saw a patient yesterday. It's a little like twelve year old girl who's told by the surgeon that they're gonna have to break both her hips in order to fix her hip pain. Oh. And I'm like, if someone's being told, if a 12-year-old girl is being told, we're going to have to break your hips on one, it's like the language is, come on. Yeah. Don't use that language with little kids. You know, say, you say, look, we're going to use some medical term that sounds less scary or, you know, some of the medical terms sound more scary. Like, look, we're going to have to go in and we'll do or rearrange you know, it or something. Like, so we do something, right? So she's scared. And then this um, woman who I'm working with, the PT, looked at her, you know, within 30 minutes, she got her, you know, dancing the way that she needed to dance without pain because it was a stability problem that she found. And this little kid's in tears. And so what she do? So here's the thing is that my point is, is that what was this surgery going to cost this 12 year old girl and family? Easily $5,000 probably more like 10 to 15 plus eight to 12 months of rehab. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, all right. So we're saving people's lives. We're, sa- we're, we're, we're helping them get back to doing the things that are most important to them, like dancing and picking up their kids and going out to the movies and driving to work or, you know, running a 5K. We're saving them from months and months and years of agony and thousands of dollars in bills. So what if I charge you uh, $3,000 for that one visit? I just saved you 10 in 10 months. Like that's, that's absolutely worth it. So... What we charge for therapy, if you know, it's almost like we gotta stop looking at like, okay, I'm gonna charge this per hour, and like, let me charge you for the result. Like, what's the result that you want? And okay, that program's gonna be just two thousand dollars. I'll see you once a week for eight weeks. Of course, eight weeks, and I'm gonna give you these things, and I'm gonna help you get back to dancing or running or doing the thing that you told me you want with that, while avoiding feeling like you need to get surgery or um, take more medication. Yes, great. That's exactly what I want. See, and I've thought about that. You know, we see the same stuff over and over again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can look like an x-ray or, you know, what's your symptoms? Okay, you got headaches. And I've thought about that. I was like, can I just say, hey, you got a headache? I charge $750 for that. What do you mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's $750. I can't guarantee you that you're going to get better because that's not right. But I've got a really right. high success rate. So let's say it's $750. How many visits is that going to take? I'm not sure. You know, maybe five, maybe 12, just depends on how you respond. But we'll start out like twice a week for two, two weeks, maybe three weeks and just kind of see where you're at. And I was like, I wonder, can you do that? Or do you have to just charge like a monthly rate or like a per, like part of me is kind of like, if I got to charge this per hour, but I'm done with you in 30 minutes, 
man, I got to figure out mm-hmm. something to do for the next 30 minutes. Otherwise, I, I guess I just right. I can just refund you half the money or something. I'm not sure. What do you think? Right. And so where it gets where that gets like, I think that's great. I know some people do that where that gets complicated is giving people a super bill or filing an insurance claim because you those are based on time. Mm-hmm. So what the way we get around that is I'm, I'm thinking in my head, OK, it's going to take me about eight visits to, to fix or to help them fix it, yeah. fix the problem. And, you know, look, if they're better in six, so I can do some things for two more visits. I'll just space them out a month and get them more on a performance track or, you know, you know, and I even tell people like, look, your pain may go away before we're finished. And that's that's exactly where I want you. Um, so I'm looking at it when I quote someone a price. I'm thinking, okay, I've calculated how much I want per hour or per visit. Um, here's what that cost is going to be for about the number of visits that I'm going to see you. And so, so I'll say, hey, look, this is what this is what I recommend. It's going to be just you know seven fifty, fourteen ninety five, nineteen ninety eight, twenty four ninety seven, and we're going to do all these things. How does that sound? Great. Okay, we're going to get you started once a week for eight weeks, or once a week for six weeks, and then we'll probably do every other week for the next three next four visits and i'll get amber you know my assistant to get you all scheduled and take care of payments let me show you some of the exercises that uh, we're going to do and i'm going to recommend that you do between now and our next visit and it so i've still tied it to numbers of visits and some units Mm. but as insurance is reimbursing i mean deductibles are getting less co-pays are getting more um almost doesn't really matter we're going to get to the point where it doesn't matter and be like yeah you know i'll treat you the problem you get into is where it's like creating a boundary for how long am I going to treat you for that seven fifty or $1,000 before I say, look, this is going to, you know, I need to sell you, you know, another package or yeah. you know, it doesn't work. You know, that's where it's just figuring that piece out is, is where is the gray area. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That is tough because you said seven fifty, and now I got to come and give you more money or do I just come in for a few extra times and I don't get paid for it? <laughs> but you know there is a there is an incentive to get you know so well one incentive there's an incentive in there say oh 750 okay i'm going to discharge you early because that's you know it's there's a lot of there's some ethical issues around all of these and i think it's like okay i know that some people some practitioners say look i know plantar fasciitis it takes me five visits boom great i'm glad you know that like i have our time with that because in my position or my practice, my experience, people come in with a back pain issue and visit two or three. They're like, "Oh, I didn't tell you about my chronic migraines. Yeah. <laughs> or I didn't tell you about you know the hip issue I also have, it's keeping me from sitting down." I'm like, oh, "Okay, great. We've uncovered some more things. This is going to take a little bit longer sometimes." Yeah. So, you know, but yes, but I do think that at the end of the day, if we can charge someone, you know, a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars or five thousand dollars to get rid of their back pain. And they avoid getting surgery and the possibility of dying in surgery or getting a hospital-born infection or, you know, even just having no change. And I think that's a big win. I think the audience is going to have some things to ponder <laughs> with some of these numbers now because, right. like, like you said, there is this, like, the ethical, the gray area a little bit. Let's see. Do you get any backlash from colleagues for – because I know there's chiropractors out there that they – I think this is the problem. They were charging – whether you came in for a low back pain – sciatica, neck pain, it didn't matter what it was. It was always, oh, you need 36 visits and it's going to be $5,000 like or whatever. And mm-hmm. everybody had the same thing. But for yourself, you know, you, you evaluate somebody, can someone have a different like, oh, they have a uh, an ACL repaired and you need to take care of it. Well, not every ACL pair is going to be the same. So if Bob got this for $1,500, but then Sally came next week and they're buddies and you didn't know that and she, you charge her $2,500, do they ever get like upset? Like, hey, man, what? I thought you said an ACL takes this much and you know, I'm getting charged more or whatever. Do you ever have that happen? We're not ha- we don't really have that happen with patients. We, I mean, it's because what we're doing is we're creating unique plans for people. Someone ever said that's like, you know, I mean, that's what, I mean, it's, we're not looking at it like, like, okay, I've got an ACL. I've got a, you know, I've got a, a shoulder thing. I've got a hip, hip problem. It's like, I've got a person in front of me. And this is what I think it's going to be. And, you know, and so I'm not basing it on, okay, this is the protocol for this. This is what this is going to cost. And so I don't really have that from patients about what we're charging. Um, I've had people come back and say, oh, you're charging more now. Okay. Yeah, we are. 
you know, when we've, we've raised our rates over the years, because there was a time when I wasn't charging enough to allow me to employ other people. Yeah. I wasn't charging enough, you know, because I didn't have a coach that helped me set my rates when I started. Right. You know, in the right way, you know, because there weren't a lot of people talking about cash basis therapy 10 years ago. Okay. Yeah. I just was kind of curious because I know, you know, patients talk and, if your headache was this much and my mm-hmm. headache was that much, why is mine less or why is yours more? And I didn't know if that was going to be like an issue, but okay. Yeah. No, it's not really an issue. That's good to hear. That's really good to hear. Like yeah. you said, you want it to be yeah. custom and that's one way to customize right. it. All right. I've listened to several different podcasts with different guests that are doing it and everybody can seems to be successful regardless of what they pick. But what does Dr. Aaron think? Mobile, driving to people's houses, renting your own space, working out of a gym, you have a magic bullet. Do you got any pluses or minus on these scenarios? What do you kind of recommend? Um, I think they are all great. They're all great options. It kind of depends on your target market. You know, do you want to work with busy professionals or busy, you know, busy moms? And it's a convenience to them for you to go there, go to their home or go to their office. Mobile's great. Mobile's also a great way to get started because it's lower overhead. You don't need to find. You don't need to rent a space you don't need to um buy a bunch of equipment and and things that you know like chairs and all that stuff it's great um i think working in a gym if your target audience are gym members and a gym has an open space i think it's an amazing um, place to have to be the one of the two kind of caveats to that are like with travel it's one you're going into other people's homes so some people are uncomfortable um, as therapists going to other people's homes and you have to drive a lot. And so you're, it's, you can't your be as busy. time isn't as efficient. Yeah. Right. So you can't see as many patients. So some people say, oh, I'm traveling to your home. Let me charge you less. What? Well, you know, you know, really, you're traveling to someone's home and you should charge a premium because it's a service to them. And it, it takes you two hours to see one patient for an hour. And so you're losing income. With a gym, a lot of people get into it. Um, and they think, oh, they're going to get a lot of patients from the gym. Man. And my thing is, is that you're going to get in there and, yeah, you might get a lot of patients from the gym, especially if it's a CrossFit. But I know people where they come into the gym and the trainers, the owners, they don't really believe in the therapy. And people are disappointed. They, oh, no one came to see me. Um, those are those are the kind of the things that, like that what, the expectations of getting into it. And a brick-and-mortar clinic like we have. You've got an overhead, and pe- and the problem is people think, oh, I have to be in an expensive part of town, a nice part of town, and you don't have to. You just have to have a nice, safe space for people to come. Um, you know, it's I think they're all great models, and even there's you know online models, there's telehealth models, um, combination models. I think yeah. they're all great. Have you found that, especially if you're starting out, you could just rent a room from an, another physical therapist or from some other type of health facility to keep the overhead down. Cause you may only need that one room to start with for like a while. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I, I think that Pete, like a, as a physical therapist, you'll have the most success renting a spare room from a chiropractor, a massage therapist, an acupuncturist or in a gym versus another PT clinic. Cause then you you know, but I know people who've done it through a PT clinic and, you know, vice versa. You know, I don't know how that would be, you know, chiropractor renting a space with another chiropractor who's charging cash for one's insurance. Like that's where it gets. Yeah, that'd be tough. It's like, well, why am I paying this or that? It's like, it's really, you're just renting space. You're not expecting patients to come from the same person. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? It's like, and even with, uh, I've worked with people who the PT is cash based, the chiropractor is not. And patients are like, well, why would I go over there? If you, you know, it's, it's just a little barriers. But I know PTs and chiropractors who are both out of, you know, cash or both insurance, and they have a hard time getting patients to go back and forth. So, you know, it just... Uh. It's two different co-pays, too. If it's not, if it's set up like two different entities, and even if it's not, I'm not 100%, but chiropractic has its own codes versus the PT. So if, if someone's like, I hate chiropractic, but they like the idea of being adjusted maybe by a PT for some reason, then it's like you can find that person and it's all probably within the one copay or, you know what I mean? It's all in one house. And the same thing if they're like, well, I want, I, I like the chiropractic thing and he started doing some physical therapy or he does a lot of the same type of stuff and now I can just do it all in right. one, one roof and I don't have to do two copays or drive around town or two different people. But 
I think you just have to know your limits. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if like there's a chiropractor. I know a lot of practices have chiropractic and PT, where you know, like husbands of PT, wife's a chiro, or they're just two people, two different professions in the same business. If they're in network, if it's just one copay to see anyone between the two professions. I know we have different evaluation codes. Uh, a lot of the treatment codes are similar. Um, so I think, you know, and I know, I know that that's tough for people. And they're like, Oh, well, there's two copays. Oh, it's $50 or an extra 50 bucks. I can't possibly do that. Like, why would I do that? And yet you know, at the same time, I got people coming in and paying us two fifty. you know, more than twice as much for one visit. It's, it's the same, it's the same conversation, you know, getting people to justify their copay versus the in-network or the, or the cash practice um, price. And I can tell you, for 2019, my health insurance, a specialist copay is going from $75 to one Whoa. so it's doubling. So that's for PT, chiropractors, cardiologists, anything other than primary care, it's going to 150 So my copay next year to go see myself is going to be 150 bucks. And you're going to have to pay somebody back because they don't reimburse that much. That's what's right. crazy. Right. So... You know, it's like, it's, 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 it's yeah. kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, so I think we're going to get to the point where it doesn't really matter. Um, and I think that day is coming okay. pretty soon. Let's switch gears a little bit. I, I probably could, you know, obviously you're, you have clients that could talk to you for hours on an entire weekend about all the nitty gritty. So, but you have this consulting firm, you do this, you know, for mm-hmm. a living as well. What do you, like I said, you hired a second doc. Apparently that's a pretty big deal from what I'm, what I'm hearing because they got the lag time. You got to train them. They're not making as much money. Are they going to be as good as I am? Do you hire a new doc out of school or someone who has like experience? Do you have any, maybe any tips on that for us? Yes. So it depends on how you want your practice to run. I, I want patients to come in and get a similar experience, whether they see me or they see Dr. Shelton or Dr. Nielsen, um, who was my Dr. Nielsen was my first uh, first resident. I did. A, I have a residency program as well, where I do a clinical and business mentorship. Oh, nice! And he was here for a year, and I want people to get the same experience. So I want us all have similar training. Um, I want to be able to train them. And so getting someone out of school or within the first few years, I think is, is what I prefer rather than someone who's been out 10, 7, 10, 12 or more years and they know this is how I practice. I feel like that would be harder to find someone to um, match my style um, because I want people to come in and, you know, it, it's not just about me. It's not just about seeing Dr. LeBauer. It's not just about... You know, actually, it's like I'm going to go to LeBauer Physical Therapy and this is the experience I'm going to get. So that's kind of what I'm looking for. I can tell you it's hard to find people who, you know, like, you know people are like, oh, well, I'm not ready for a cash practice yet. I'm like, uh, you don't have to be. I'm going to train you. <laughs> you know, I think the, the scary thing is the first time you do it is like, are people going to not want to see so-and-so uh, see the other person? And I've had plenty of patients go see one of these other two guys and prefer to stay with them. How dare they you? Great because you know, I know how dare you. But that's what I want. Like I want to have my time. I've been treating patients for almost 20 years and I want it'll be 20 years in uh, I guess maybe it's 20 20 years uh, it's 19 years this month. So, uh, I graduated from massage school in 99. I've been uh, I've been doing that and I'm like I'm ready to you know, multiply myself and I have to have people come in and, and treat my patients and that's the scary part is making sure that people don't notice too much of a difference but these guys are really good and they're right out of school and they're commanding uh, high prices. You can force them to take certain seminars too. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm forcing them. I'm like, hey, what they both said to me, what do you recommend that I that I do and go learn? And I said, these are the things that have helped me the most. These are seminars I like. And they both went and did two. Con Ed courses on their own dime based on my recommendation before Ooh. I hired them. That's commitment. Yeah. Yeah. And they're go-getters. Yeah. They're like, all right, I'll what, do it. What's one course that you recommend? I think the, th- the two things that I recommend are something soft okay. tissue based. Okay. And I like using hand- my hands and I like, and I, and from when I became a massage therapist, um, not only did I have all the massage training, I did some training with John Barnes doing mouthwash release. And I thought that was great. And I love the techniques but if there's one, but the one course that I recommend, so I think you can get you can get soft tissue techniques in a lot of different ways. 
Um, but the one course that I think that I recommend for most practitioners would be the Selective Functional Movement Assessment. Ooh, yeah. It's um, Greg Cook and um, Greg Rose and a couple other guys. It's great because that is the thing that put together all the special tests that I learned in PT school and all the things that I was doing and put it into like a very um, kind of logical order that I could repeat regularly to figure, no, okay, this is where I'm going to do some soft tissue. This is where I need some, this is where I need some corrective exercise. This is where I need some patient education. And it's like, it just put all those things together and I'll like, oh, it gave you a system. <laughs> yes, it, it did. It gave me a system that wasn't rigid or, and it's, and it, um, and it's not a protocol. It just gave me, it just put together the way of looking at the body. Then mm-hmm. I was like, Oh yes, this is why some of those people weren't getting better. And, this is why I need to continue doing, you know, these things with this per- these people. And I was just like, oh. so, and it, it drastically um, improved my effectiveness. But if, but I already had the, so- I, would, I already had the soft tissue skills and, uh, you know, my manipulation skills aren't, you know, chiropractic level because we didn't right. do it that much. I, one, of my good here, I know that's <laughs> one of my good friends here, um, Chris Anthony um, rented space for me for a year and a half and he was amazing because he, you know, like he, he did that all the time, but at the same time, it's just a difference. But I do, we do manipulation and I do it for, you know, for maybe 30, 40 seconds, but I do a whole bunch of other soft tissue and other things around it. It's not one thing that I'm doing. I'm putting together like a combination of things and it's a, um, it's something that's really, really vital. And with all that being said, being able to see how all these things fit together, that one course kind of really helped me put a lot of those things together. So, you know, I, I had the soft tissue stuff and I went to this course. And I was like, whoa, there we go. I, I you know, I, I was competent in manipulation. I'm pretty much an expert in soft tissue and it just put together a lot of stuff and it allowed me to go figure out, okay, now how do I become an expert at corrective exercise? And it showed me the things that I was missing from That's awesome. Sometimes that. some brains are just yeah. set up for that. I've noticed there's some chiropractic people that are having their own systems like that and when you watch it you're like oh you just sort of you know if you go through a through e you just you just might always skip c because you just didn't know to look for it or weren't sure how to incorporate it and then once you figured it out oh now i can do that more and these other people are getting better seeing better results you're like thank goodness i took a course in in that right yeah and i was also at the course and greg rose who's a he's a chiropractor and you know works at tpi Ah. and he was like, what's up with your ankle? I was like, what do you <laughs> mean what's up with my ankle? You know, we were just going through a demonstration. And he was like, oh, come here. And it was it was eye-opening because he was able to see this. That my ankle was never a problem. I had an issue with my knee. And when I first went to a CrossFit class, the very first time, coach put gave me too much weight to do, you know, some kind of Olympic lift. And I was like, oh, my knee's not feeling good. And I was like, my form looked good. And this CrossFit coach, of course, like, yeah, the form looks great. Well, I realized I stopped doing, I didn't do CrossFit anymore after that because my knee hurt for like a month. It wasn't, it was just like irritated and I was like, this is never a problem. So I didn't go back and do it. And like two and a half years later, I'm at this course and Greg's like, what's up with your ankle? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, here, he did a manipulation. He's like, do this. He's like, oh, you're you're lacking dorsiflexion there. I was like, oh, that's what was up with my knee doing like this, uh, you know, clean and jerk or whatever it was thing. And I was like, oh, that was it. It's just a whole body system, and, he, and it takes other people sometimes to go, there you go, there's your problem. It's somewhere else. Yeah. Yes. And you're a big bicycle guy, right? <laughs> yeah. I used to race bicycles um, nationally in the United States. I spent a summer over in Belgium, racing in Belgium, France, and the Netherlands. Um, done that a okay. long time. That's cool. That's cool. Have you created your own like onboarding system when you start hiring these doctors, like through videos or manuals and things, so that you don't really have to be there next time you hire someone else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're we've got. To see, I I have it. I actually haven't turned it in. My plan is to turn it into like oh, a little of course course. you will. <laughs> you know, so it's like an yeah. online course. Nineteen ninety five. I actually haven't. I've got that built. I know. I've got that built. Well, it's like it's not even a course to sell. It's a course for the next guy, to, you know, next guy or gal to take when they get hired. It's like, hey, here, go register for, you know, here, go here and do the training, and then when you come in, in person, you'll already. You're saving the doctor lots of time if they can do it and not no. have to actually do it themselves and recreate the wheel. So I'm giving you a hard time, but right, that's why people pay for it. <laughs> I know, and I've got it on a spreadsheet right now. It's just like I just need to go plug it in. 
but yes, that's the whole thing is systemizing the whole thing. I think um, my coach calls it, uh, the, you know, they create the alien abduction <laughs> manual. I'm like, yes, because it's, you know, it's, it's not like, hey, if I fire you or if I replace you, it's like, hey, if the aliens come and pluck you out of the sky yeah. or you know, pluck you off the earth, like I need to know how to do your job. Like we need to have that systemized and those systems are really what allow businesses to run. Hey, real quick. I, I heard one of your podcast mm-hmm. episodes. I don't remember her name, but she was like your front desk type person and probably many mm-hmm. other roles. But who, quote, closes the deal? Or do you have to take on that responsibility of like it's going to cost $2,500 or do you pass that on to somebody else? Front desk. Okay. So here's how it works. We, in a treatment room, we'll pitch the deal. We'll get confirmation, you know, like a verbal confirmation, yes, or if there's an objection, we'll meet the objection. And then, but it's Amber's job when people get up front to close it, to take the payment, to offer the different payment options that we have, and to get them to commit that day. So my big goal is to, I would rather people commit to the plan of care then pay one at a time. So we've got a couple different options where we'll give people a 5% discount for paying ahead or we could get them on, let's say, even if we got them on a payment plan, like a no interest payment plan, then at least they're committing to their eight visits versus you know one at a time. But she's the one that offers those different those different options to people and gets them to toss over their credit card yeah. and gets that. So she's kind of the closer, but we, we pitch it, um, but it's not like going to buy a car. Right. You know, like we're... You know, we go back and forth and, oh, let me talk to my manager and make sure that price is right. You know, it's just like, here's your, here are the options. Here's the price. Here's what we're going to do for you for all that. And this is what you're going to avoid. And when you go up front, Amber will take care of the payment and get you on the schedule. And Amber gets them on the schedule, gives them the payment options and closes Are you deal. finding that's what, I guess that might be what you teach, but are you finding that's a common thing with the cash practices or a lot of people kind of do pay as you go? I think most people either do pay as you go or they discount too much, uh, like, you know, and it's, you know, they discount too heavily because they're pay now 40% off, not confident. Yeah. Or, Hey, I had someone the other day and it was like, okay, I charge, I think I'm charging, they're charging 160 or 175 for a visit, but you know, for an eval one, one third, you know, 125, I don't know, 135 for follow-ups, but all the packages are, you know, basically done. And it's like $110 per visit once you sell them a 10 visit package. I'm like, why is the package making your rates so much lower? It's just, it's getting lower and lower. People will discount, they get, oh, what kind of discount can I, can I give to get people in the door? Well, it's like the discount's not going to get the right people in the door. Um, the discount to me shouldn't be about discounting the therapy. It should be getting yeah. commitment like hey you commit to 10 visits i'll give you a discount because i know you're i know now you've committed you put your money where your mouth is and you're ready to go and you're going to be a great great patient and that's really what it, that's really what it's for but people are either discounting too much or they're they're doing it because they're not they're discounting too low because they're not confident that people yeah. will pay okay it's very similar do you and i think i might have asked this already and i'll just see what you say do you mm-hmm. get a lot of pushback either on these techniques that you're teaching, like, oh, you're scamming the clients, or I can't believe you're making people do that. That's like unethical. Because depending on how you do it, it can be. Uh, but what are you finding? Yeah, I'm not really getting, I, well, I don't know if people are saying anything about the sales strategies. And I know that people, when I teach it, they don't believe that they can do it because they don't value themselves and they, you know, they wouldn't go pay $200 for PT themselves. So how are they, I mean, there's no way they're going to sell it. Um, the pushback I get is just in the general cash-based thing. How I've had plenty of people say, oh, cash-based PT is not ethical, or it's not the way, not everyone can afford it. And you know what, like it's okay to have that opinion, but if you actually looked at things the way that I do and the way we talked about in the beginning, it's like, can I, you know, everyone can afford it. Yeah, who cannot afford to come in and get quality care? Like, you can get quality care in network. You can get one-on-one practice in network. And people in network are failing to collect $25 to $50 copays because the patients don't value it. You know, we have to be able to sell the value of what we provide and do it in a way that's ethical. And the way that it's ethical to sell is that if you absolutely believe that this is the right thing for that person, um, which is what I do. I mean, I know that I'm saving, I have the potential to save people from life altering surgery. So it's my ethical obligation 
to sell them, you know, into coming to see me yeah. in my practice because I know that that's what I do. And some people just hate the word sales, but it's just whatever you want to say. Right. It's just, it has to be done. Yeah. You can't be a, you can't, well, sales is one of those things where people do all the time. They mm-hmm. don't realize it. You know, they sell people into going out on a date with them. They sell people into going into the restaurant that they want. They sell people into not going into, not going to a certain movie or eating a certain food or, you know, doing, you know, any, any activities we're selling all day long. If we are afraid to sell our own services, we're not going to we're not going to impact the world the way that we. Even want. if you're taking insurance, it's still I'm still got to. You need to come ten visits. Well, if you don't do your job, right. they're going to quit if the pain stops at five, or they're like, hey, it's been five visits. I don't feel like I'm better. I'm not coming another five times. Like I'm just done. It's still sales. Right. right. It's sales, and a big part of that and solving those kinds of problems are pre-framing people. Like, this is what you're going to need. This is what you're going to expect. This is what you're going to experience. And, you know, it's like people forget to do that or they don't know that they need to do that. Like, why are people dropping off? I don't know. Like, maybe I need more new patients. And this is the most common thing. People come to me with, Aaron, I need more patients. Can you help me get more patients? I'm like, well, you're seeing 35 people a week. You don't need more patients. You just need to keep them dropping off after five visits. Um, if they need, if you've recommended eight, you need them to, uh, you need to raise your rates. You need to, you know, fix your onboarding process so people you know, love you and refer more patients to you and you don't have to get more patients. You can take care of the yeah. people that you have. So people don't want to, people don't want to hear the heart that they have to do. Some yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. Hey, uh, switch gears a little bit. I want to respect the time that we have left with each mm-hmm. other. I like to ask about a little personal stuff. Do you have a home life balance? Mm-hmm. If not, what can you do better? Well, do I have a home life balance? I do, but I don't consider it like it's not balanced the way people think it mm-hmm. needs to be balanced. Um, because as an entrepreneur, there is not, I mean, the balance looks a lot different than if you have a job. Okay. I don't get home at five and can turn off my brain about the business. Cause so I get home, I get home at six 30. I hang out with my kids and, um, once everyone goes to sleep, I might be back doing some work or I can get off at three o'clock on Friday, pick up the kids, hang out with them all, afternoon and maybe Friday night or Saturday afternoon, something will come up and I'll do a little social media something. I'm doing some work. I'm always thinking about work. So it's not really a, I wouldn't call it a balance like 50, 50 to expect 50, 50, but I can set up my business and I can, I can work hard for a while and set up my business in ways that it gives me time away from the business, but it's really hard to get completely out of the business because it's my passion and it's why I do what I do. I love the work that I do. So balance looks a lot different than what most people say or think of and think, oh, work-life balance. Like this just didn't, you know, <laughs> it doesn't exist in that way. I completely agree with you because there's, like you said, I, I can't turn it off and I'm not neglecting my kids. I'm not neglecting my wife. They're getting their time. And then when it's my time again, I'm excited and I'm like, oh, let me go twinkle, twinkle with this and, and mm-hmm. fix this or do this. And, and you're still excited about it. Uh, I don't, you know, that's what I, that's what I still consider a balance. It's as long as... You know, in your third marriage and kids hate you because you don't spend any time with them. Like, that's a problem. There's not a balance there. Right, right. And it's even so much to say the first couple of years, it's going to be working. It's going to be like, look, I am going to be busy. I'm going to be, you know, grinding it out. But I'm going to get this to the point where it allows me to have some free time without losing income. And that's one thing I think people fail to do is systemize their business in a way that they can go on vacation with their family and not worry about losing income. Um, while you're out of town because you're not treating patients. Now, it takes does take time, I'm assuming, to be able to get to that point, like with second doctors or figuring out how to, to get there. Mm-hmm. It does, but it doesn't have to take long. Most people think it's got to take a long time, and it, and it really doesn't. You can set up your practice from the beginning to do that if you have that as your vision. A lot of people are just trying to get out of their job, and, build, and they, build, rebuild, they build a job for themselves rather than building a um, building an asset. Okay. Any books, podcasts, or apps that you think we should check out? Yes. Um, I think the book that's had the biggest impact on me and my career is is Dot Com Secrets by Russell Brunson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, with ClickFunnels, I mean, it's awesome. You know, it's one thing that I do is I, you know, <clears throat> I've got a back pain ebook that you know I have on my website, and I give out the um, I share that with people. It's a ClickFunnels uh, funnel and it's because like there's a lot of other reasons to do that, but the way it's almost like the reading that book, Russell Brunson takes the uh, a lot of these theories and ideas and action steps and puts it in that book that can impact a clinic right away. 
And it's a book I go back to and I've written in the notes. And it's one of the few books um, that I've done. He's also got another book, Expert Secrets, which came out afterwards. And there's two books I just I write in the notes and the margins. And I go back and look at it and I get something new. There are very few other business books that I've gone back to more than, you know, like more than the initial reading. And so, yeah, that would be, that would be it. And so then, because he's added so much value to my life just through his book, I'm like, I'm going to use ClickFunnels because one, it's good, but you know, I'm like, well, yeah. he gave me value. I'm just going to use his product and it's great and better than a lot of uh, other options, alternatives, but there are other options, but you know, it's the one that I, I like. And I feel like, you know, if I started again today, I, I'd be all in with that for sure. I heard uh, he's he's in the process of writing a third book. Oh wow! Yeah, I actually went through both his books, and I was you know trying to sell my own book and all this, and I was like, okay, I went through, and I got like a, a document. I don't know how long it is, but it's it's quite wild, a long time. Mm-hmm. And that way, I can just print it three or four times. Like, okay, here's the acupuncture book, here's the chiropractic clinic, here's the podcast thing. And you can just go through the story and the, you know, all the little parts of his book. Right. And now I don't have to reread the book. I just have like a six page handout of, okay, Justin, go through it. Here That's we go. Awesome. Yeah, I love it. It took time to do it, but I was like, oh, this is going to be so worth it later on in life, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> cross, absolutely. cross my fingers. Yeah. Awesome. Well, how can people get in touch with you? Um, if you want to get in touch with me, the easiest way to do that is go to AaronLauer.com. That's my website. You know, I'll have links to all my social media. That's probably, that's probably the easiest place, one place to go. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, on, on, the, on the internet. So um, that's it. You can contact me from there, see some of my um, blog, podcast episodes, um, downloads, all those things. Dr. Aaron, you brought it. I assumed you would. And I just think that people are going to have to pause this a bunch of times, write some notes, and re-listen to it because uh, – you definitely gave a lot of good information today, and I really appreciate that. Awesome, Justin. Thank you very much. You asked some great questions. So um, it's a pleasure being here and very easy to, easy to share the information with you and your audience. Well, that wraps up another episode. I want to remind everybody that we have some great affiliate links available. If you're into instrument-assisted soft tissue manipulation, we've got the Edge tool, and we've got the Hawk Grips. Saves you about 10%. Also with the edge, you've got the uh, like blood pressure cuff restriction system. You've got the G Suite inexpensive EMR in case you'd like doing cash practice. If you want to know what hosting I use for podcasting, it's Blueberry. Pure VPN, that's one of those ones I use to help keep my payments secure as well as access the internet more safely. You've got the Primal Paleo grass-fed protein bone broth style. Save 10% on that. No sugar, allergy-free, gluten-free, dairy-free, all those types of things. Mentor box, get taught by the author. We got set for set for those floss bands that you may have heard about on one of the episodes. I really like those. Any Amazon products that you might want, click the link in the show notes pages. And of course, I got my own electric acupuncture pin to go with the No Needle Acupuncture book. From time to time, you know, I'll have a bundle set where you can get them all together for a great price. I also have the free downloads at doctorsperspective.net slash blueprints. And what lately I've been doing is substituting a fifth one, like I've done a knee. And depending on the guest, I might do a different type. So check back there. So all those resources can be found at doctorsperspective.net slash resources. There's also t-shirts at .net slash t-shirts. Put up some new designs from time to time, like making lemons out of lemonade, shrimp po' boy, plus all the chiropractic and podcast swag that you could want. If you have any ideas for guests, please send me an email, justin at a doctorsperspective.net. I'd love to hear who you think would be good or a profession that you may not have heard yet. If you can, send me a review. That's .net slash subscribe, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Android devices. You just click that button. It'll take you exactly to the page you need to. You can write a review, hopefully a five-star review. Like I said, it does help for other people to discover what we're doing here. And we've got over 100 episodes. This is going to be like our third year. Super excited. We're going to have a little mini-series like we've been doing, which has been fun. Hope you've enjoyed them as well. That's, that's the feedback I've gotten. And one thing I haven't really talked about too much is the a doctorsperspective.net slash support page. If you want to buy a, host a cup of coffee, go for it. If you want to pledge a little higher fee, there's buttons for that. There's even monthly recurring. For those who feel like, wow, this is like the cheapest mentor coach program I've ever seen because you interview so many different kinds of doctors and, and I've been able to implement things that I've heard and it works. So monthly recurring payments, which also can get you my books for free, t-shirts for free. Uh, the first book, you know, that deals with health and exercise, getting on a diet, getting your financial health in order as well. Things I've learned in China. You know, that book is available as well. 
And one thing that I don't have, I don't have like a, a full-blown page about coaching and things, but there's a little button there. I've had people request, hey, doctors and non-doctors asking me, can I do more than just answer a couple of questions? Or could you be my coach for a little while? And I say, yeah, we can do that. So it's something I haven't really advertised, but it's something that I can do and do, whether it's marketing, some strategies for new patients, growth, those types of topics. If you're interested, just email me, justin at a doctorsperspective.net. As always, listen, critically think, and implement. Have a great week. We just went hashtag behind the curtain. I hope you will listen and integrate what some of these guests have said. By all means, please share across your social media, write a review, and if you go to the show notes page, you can find all the references for today's guest. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trostclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.